0: Welcome to Comic Book Herald's Cree Annotators, I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of Comic Book Herald, and I'll be interviewing some of my favorite creators in comics about specific runs, graphic novels, or series looking for their insights on inspirations behind the work. Today I'm excited to welcome Giselle Legacy, artist of the ongoing in- Image Comics series, Exorc Sisters. Exorcistors is a story of two not quite sisters. As the story progresses, we learn who are basically they are. They go around town um, and they're doing exorcisms, and they also are able to sort of fight off demons and make their way to hell in the process of doing so. Um, that said, it's definitely got a uh, a very clean sort of uh, almost all ages feel to it in a way that you know it doesn't have sort of these spooky horror of, of a hellscape and fighting demons that certainly a lot of comics do. And I'll talk to Giselle about why that is. But first, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, can you tell us how this project came to be?
1: Um. Well, basically, I was uh, I was looking to uh, work on uh, with someone new to collaborate. I like to collaborate with people. And I was yeah. looking to find a new collaborator to work on. And um, Nick Bradshaw, who is a friend of mine, uh, we live in the same province for fairly close by. And I was saying, do you know of any writer that uh, you think would be a, um, a good fit for me? Uh, and then he suggested, uh, Ian Boothby, who's also Canadian and uh, he's more on the West coast. Uh, but, um, anyway, so I got, uh, we started chatting me and Ian and, uh, uh, he started to send me some pitches for some projects. And then this was the one that I kind of gravitated towards too. And yeah. uh, we, then we went, we took it further. We, we decided to, uh, you know, bringing it to a series and we didn't know where we would bring it. And then uh, we decided on image and uh, that's how it happened, basically.
0: For sure. For sure. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so heading into that, you know, you have a really extremely strong catalog of creator own work. Um, you have PixieTrix Comics is it PixieTrixComics.com is your, your webcomic. Uh, hub where you host, you know, in all sorts of things, including the award winning uh, Menage à Trois. Given your experience crafting story, uh, how collaborative is the process working with Ian Bootsby on on creating Exorcisters?
1: Uh, well, basically, uh, when I'm working with someone who I'm, I'm giving the uh, the writing at 100, I, I let them write 100. I mean, I'll oh, I can yeah. really give my own opinion on certain things, but I usually I kind of take my place if I decided, if I agree to be, let's say the artist, I'll be the artist. And uh, when I'm collaborating on something where I want to write like 50%, well, then I will dive in. Uh, But, you know, obviously I have, when I'm drawing the story, certain things I have to make changes because I think it'll make more sense. So I'll run it by him and I'll say, Mm -hmm. well, is it okay if I move this like this and that? And then he'll say, fine. And usually, and then sometimes he'll, let's say, set up a world or whatever and then it's not exactly how he had imagined and then i i end up adding stuff to it which will inspire him in future stories to do something with something i did that mm-hmm. he had not expected to see basically so you know an artist even though they're not uh the writer they end up writing and influencing me they're writing as you, you you go along you know so
0: for sure, for sure. Do you have any examples uh, of that that come to mind for Exorcistors? Like things you no. added that then got Well, populated? for instance,
1: like, like there's like this little uh, this little um, fly called Buzz. Yeah, uh, it's kind of very cartoony. I don't think he was expecting it to be very cartoony. Uh, and Then I also did a um, this character with a huge head. It was just an eye. Uh, he did not expect that to to look exactly like that. So he's been using it again he wants to bring certain characters back that he thought were kind of interesting you know
0: okay yeah.
1: it's like that especially the little fly i don't think he was expecting that little fly to be uh what it was and um to me i was kind of uh getting inspiration from what i did with betty boo so yeah and then i just went with it because it the, the story is a little bit it has to be a little bit weird it can't be like i didn't want it to be too realistic either because I don't think my style is very realistic uh it's sort of like a blend of realistic realism and cartoony and so i play with that
0: right right for sure yeah the so the the flyer describing there is a i guess you'd call it an ex-boyfriend um although he was you know kind of tricking kate the whole time we we learned it's a little spoilery here um presumably yeah. you know if you haven't read it yet definitely uh, i won't go too deep into it um but yeah no there is like there's a very clean uh you know it just like the line work is so clean and easy to follow like you said the the bugs even the demons i think a lot of times are like there is that blend of you know definitely anime influences and sort of a cartoon nature to
1: creatures that
0: are you know in in theory scary but this isn't a book about scares you know necessarily um right is that something that um I guess, like, is that just your your approach to comics in general, or was that an intentional thing where you're like, I actually want to make this more friendly in terms of tone?
1: Uh, I guess the writing to me was sort of friendly, so I guess I went with that. But yeah, it's I've never really done anything that's super dark, so I don't think it, it comes naturally to me. So uh, I guess I did the best I could, you know, with what I had. Sure. And how this, my past experiences and how I dealt with it and obviously I'm experimenting as I'm working on this so
0: yeah uh, uh, yeah
1: I guess I don't know it's and also I'm not it's like I don't read really um, greedy I'm not one for I don't really follow comics that are super realistic and and it doesn't really appeal to me so yeah. I guess I'm cartoony no matter what I do so but it's not super cartoony it's just a little bit you know it's like i mean i've worked for archie so you know that i have this as my background as well so right it is what it is
0: yeah no i I think archie is probably a good like i guess style wise if you're going to try to describe what you're doing there is sort of that archie just like that that cleanness and yeah like you're saying like it's it's very definitively comics as opposed to realism brought into comics you know but it's it's still you know it's it's people in the world it still feels like a place and it feels like a lived-in world that you're creating um i'm curious like so the first five issues of exorcisters ended in early 2019 but and the series has recently come back so you, you i think very recently as of this recording you released issue number eight and it looks like you're going for another five um what was the break in between uh volume one and volume two?
1: I'm not sure I understand the question, the break. You mean why we did the break?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, f- oh, my God. Uh, well, basically, you know, <laughs> you don't make a lot of money with these comics. So you basically have to work on these uh, on your own dime. And then you yeah. you wait for the money to come in, basically. Uh, so when you do the first trade, it takes a little while before uh, funds come in. So then, then you can kind of decide, okay, we're going to go for the second one. Unless you're making, you know tons of money with it, uh, then you can really keep going. But uh, it wasn't really the case. And uh, I think if it would have done like super, super well, which is really hard these days in comics, uh, maybe we could have gone on and bite the bullet wait for the funds to come in. Uh, But uh, we had to. It was best to wait. And besides, I was working on other stuff, too. So it's not like if that's the only thing I've got on the go. Right. Oh, I didn't mind the break because I was. I do a lot of. I do, as you you maybe know, I do kickstarters like every year, and I fund a whole bunch of projects. So for me, I also want to do that as well. So yeah, I I tend to do more than one thing. So
0: yeah, no, that's good, and I do think people have a. A lot of comic have sort of a misconception that, like, oh, you have an Image comic series. Image is a big publisher, therefore, you know, there there must be this like unlimited bank or something, right? But it's like obviously, right. you're this is this is totally a creator own work, and like, you know, you and yeah. Ian are and and the team, you are reliant on on sales to actually continue manufacturing this, right?
1: To, to, be, to be frank, it's even harder to do something creator-owned in the direct market than it is uh, the way that I do it uh, on my own when I do Kickstarters because yeah. with Kickstarters, uh, I'm, I'm the publisher. Uh, I'm basically the store. So I, make the, so I make the money as a publisher. I make the money as a creator. I make the money as a, as a, as a store. It's, I'm, like I'm a retailer in a way. Right. So I'm I'm I make the money as a distributor. So basically, when I do my own stuff, I've cut the distributor, I've cut the store, I've cut the publisher, uh, because even though Image is creator-owned, they still take a cut. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm cutting so much of middlemen that you can sell less and make more. Like you can make like a lot more, and it's really surprising that you know doing these kickstarters and stuff like that. And this has been like this for years i mean it's surprising that it hasn't really caught on more than it has because uh, mm. i mean i've been a lot of people have a hard time understanding that i've been living off comics uh full-time since like 2007 but i started yeah. i started doing comics like in 2000 and I was i was living full-time off web comics back in like 2007 and anytime i was working for let's say i don't know archie people thought oh my god nah, you you must be like rolling in dough because you're working for Archie and it's the complete opposite. I mean they're they are they yeah. they maybe like what that ten percent of my that I made that year at most, you know. So it's like it it was it's really nothing in comparison, but people have this thing in their mind that I don't know, when you're in the direct market, if you've worked for an, a company that's been around for years and years, then they think that you've made it.
0: So right, it's, it's strange. That is, that is kind of amazing. No, it's definitely, that is the perception is if you work for the big names, right? There's a certain amount of publicity that goes with that. That must, that must mean more money. So that that's actually really fascinating. So you've been doing Kickstarters to um, collect your, your web comics works into volumes as I understand it. Uh, mm-hmm. How long have you actually been like specifically raising funds via, via Kickstarter? Do you know? Uh,
1: well, I'm Canadian, so for a while we couldn't uh we couldn't do Kickstarter. It only started i think for us like in two thousand thirteen I'm not sure uh, okay. so for a long time it was just Americans who could do it uh, yeah. and then they started adding some countries i think u k was first or whatnot so I couldn't do that so I would just do um but it's still uh i would do pre-orders through PayPal. and uh, oddly enough, it was working fine like i I was able to like sell I was almost like doing my own Kickstarter with just by pre-orders with PayPal. Yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't really able to like, I don't know, do like these stretch goals and try to like get people to do other stuff. So it was mostly what I had decided to sell and that was it. Yeah. um, To be honest, uh, like from 2007 to like 2016, even 15, the print was really, to me, um, wasn't that necessary. I was just doing, this was more like pocket change because I was making so much money with uh, advertising on the website. Oh,
0: okay, like, yeah.
1: That kind of went down. Uh, I can't remember, like two or three years ago, it, it started to go downhill. It, ha- yeah. it happened as well back in 2001, I think. It was like a bust and people were making money with ads and then it disappeared. Uh, and I think we we went through the same thing. Um, so we're still making money with ads, but just not as much as before. Uh, right. So now the print has become a little bit more important for me. So I push it a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Let's say before it was 25% of my revenue. Now it's become more like a 50-75, you know? So the ads mm-hmm. have really taken a taken a hit. Um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I push. I, I, I've i been doing it since 2013. 2014 I think was the first one only because that's when I I was able to start doing it yeah and um, it was an experiment at first I wasn't sure if I'd be because I was kind of comfortable with what I was doing before with the uh, just the pre-orders and uh, so I said oh well we'll see how it goes and and ends up it it was I did a few mistakes in the first uh, the first two that I did and I didn't calculate things correctly luckily I was making enough money that I was able to like whatever mistakes that I would make, I was able to pay it off, you know? So, but now yeah. I calculate things a little bit better and, um, it works out better. So.
0: Is the, is the business side of all of this something that comes fairly naturally to you? Cause I, I think that's a thing that a lot of comics fans, you know, we, we get to read and enjoy the work and we think about the writing and the art and the storytelling, but there's this whole side of you calculating what, how much money you need to produce all this packaging it distributing. Is that something that, um, that you were sort of prepared as you as you built up a a comics career or is it just like you know years of experience and and here you are
1: I I think it's just the desire to do something has made me you know do it Uh, I you want to do it you want to do it so bad that you don't really you know noticing that you're doing all these things you know so like for me I I was a graphic designer before so um, I was I already knew how to deal with like printers and stuff like that so as in regards to the product i had no problems to like i know even a lot of people that do comics don't even know how to set up a file for a printer uh, they don't understand how printing works they, they, it's a whole bunch of stuff like that so for me at least i, I knew that and, uh, and then in regards to the funds and the budget well i was just trying to look at it logically uh, what do i think you know a, a job is worth at the at the minimum at, at least you know so and then I would tell the people that I would be working with, you know, if are you fine with this kind of like page rate or whatever. And then uh, yeah. for, the, for the work that let's say I'm, I'm hiring people for, but a lot of it I'm just doing myself in that case. Sometimes I set myself a page rate when I, I want to fund something and I say, okay, well, this would be about when I think at least I should at least get this, you know. And yeah. I'm, I'm really, I I'm put it very low and then I, I hope that I can make a little bit more so that it, I end up getting a better page rate at the end of the day for myself. Sure. Um, and uh, and then, you know, I think of everything, the printing, uh, the, the like I said, like at the first Kickstarter, I, I did, I was a little bit confused with the, the shipping costs and stuff like that. So I did run into some issues where I didn't calculate the money correctly. Yeah. But, um, after, you, you know, you, you get, you, you figure out by your mistakes, you know, what you're going to have to do next to make it, you know, that you don't
0: lose money out of this, you know, so. Sure, sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you mentioned the, I'm particularly interested in this part because this this connects with, you know, running my own website, Comic Book Herald, where I like, obviously I run ads on these sites and I'm, I'm looking at ways to monetize and things like that. And you running, you've been running a webcomic, um, you know, you've been running a website, right? Like you've been running a webcomic site since 2000, I think you said. Um, yep. and, and you're relying on and ad revenue there. Is that something that you, uh, like put a, a lot of time into, into optimizing? Um, or is that like, do you have a team that helps you with that? Or is it all, is that all you too?
1: Um, at first when I started out, uh, I had no ads, obviously in 2000. And then I just, um, but like, I don't know how long you're, you're familiar with web comics, but there, the, there was a time when there was something called, the um, big panda. I think that's what it was. I can't remember. I think that's what it was called. Anyway, there was a whole bunch of people there, and then they ended up uh, forming Keenspot.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I ended up joining Keenspot at the very beginning when they, they started, and uh, they were the ones taking care of the ads. So, and it was doing okay, but it, it, it really, the, that, that crash that happened around 2000, 2001, where all the ads, the ad revenue went downhill, um, that happened fairly quick. And then I left webcomics for like maybe a year or two. And then I came back when there was this uh, site called Modern Tales. And then they were the ones, and this was a subscription-based uh, webcomic thing. And it yeah. didn't really work out for me. Anyway, uh, we, we moved it back to, ke- to KeenSpot. And then what? Ha- when money started coming back in again is when Project Wonderful came to be, uh, which was hmm. done by Ryan North, and maybe someone else can't remember. And uh, that was the first time that money started coming in for ads for me anyway. And then I was kind of running it on my own. And then I started to run uh, Google ads. Yeah. And, uh, and then eventually uh, I was approached by uh, someone. Uh, there, there, was a, there was a way to create this ad chain with uh, some networks. So I, I think I had figured that out. I don't know how I did it, but this goes away back now, like maybe 12 years. Um, but eventually someone approached me from uh, Hiveworks, Hiveworks. Uh, they weren't high works back then, but um, he, he was saying, well, you know, I could help you out uh, set up better chain, uh, better chains with your ads, more companies inside it. And then, uh, so that's how I started to get a little bit more comfortable with that. But now I just let him run it. Um, so basically, I don't know how many companies are behind the ad chain, but uh, there's probably three or four. Uh, some of them are, from my own accounts, some of them are his accounts. So, uh, but each month we kind of get a we get a tally of what you know what was made, and then I, I get that. So, but yeah. like I said, it it's really went it really went down. There was a time where we were making a lot of money with those ads. Yeah, and, um, it was surprised. I was like, why would you want to go to print? And I was like, to me, it made no sense. It was <laughs> yeah. it's So much money with ads. And because uh, I was able to fund a whole bunch, that's why I had so many web comics, I was able to pay so many people to do stuff, uh, because I was getting all this money with the ads. And that's why I kind of scaled it down to just one that's ongoing right now. Right. And then whatever else that I create now is basically needs to be funded through a Kickstarter, which I may eventually explore Patreon. I'm not sure. But sure. Uh, I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's is that was that part of the rationale for uh, Menage de Trois concluding after like a decade um, of running, or was it more just that was the the end point you were you were kind of feeling?
1: Uh, well I always figured it would probably end around like volume ten or volume twelve, like in my yeah. mind. I was like, I, I didn't want it to go on forever because then I feel that I don't know, you're kind of like uh, there's an expression of France, it's not narrow. You're, you're just like going around going around circles, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I thought, you know. I wanted to feel a, certain, a sense of completion. And that's, I mean, while I was still alive, you know, <laughs> it's like, I said, I don't <laughs> want to die before this thing is over. So I wanted something complete. And then that, that was, and was, I wanted a, a nice ending that I would be happy with. And uh, that's, that's what I, I created. And then from there on, uh, the idea for Pixie Tricks Comics, the, the, the following webcomic, was basically just me wanting to do something still in that world. Yeah. And also in a way that could help me maybe promote other little projects that I'm interested in. And that's why I made them decide to be a publishing company. So this way I can, once in a while, mention little other projects I want to do within it. Yeah. But I don't make it the the, the, the sole. How can I explain that? I want it to be its own webcomic on its own. But at the same time, you know, if I want to mention a webcomic, uh, uh, let's say a project that I'm trying to fund through the Kickstarter, I'll, I'll mention it in there, you know, just for fun.
0: Yeah. So- yeah, I like that. I like that blend of like your work showing up in in your other works. You know, because I, I noticed even in Exorcistors, like the posters, um, in the background include some of your web comics. I think it was like Eerie Cuties and and maybe it was Sticky Dilly Buns or one of them. Maybe. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I think I put Nightgale on the wall in one of them.
0: Uh, That's what and it then, was. Yeah, I
1: did, I did put some Eerie Cuties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a fun like this cross promotional thing you have going on between all these works where it's it's in universe and it's not. It's not like this shared universe concept that obviously is like, you know, so in vogue right now. So much is just like, it's promotional for other stuff you're doing and it's, it's fun. Yeah, I like it, those connections. And I also, I also have
1: characters that are like, I, I treat my characters as actors and I put them in different series with a different mm-hmm. name. So some people kind of like that too, because it's like, oh, like you can kind of tell that the personality is very similar sometimes, but it's not exactly the same character. Like in Nightgale, there's some characters in there that appear in Ménage à Trois yeah. And they appear in cuties, but they're not the same people. It's a diff- it's it's its own world, but they look yeah. the same. They kind of have the same personality. So I do a little bit like uh Osama Tezuka, what he does with the star system. Like he uses a lot of, even Clamp does that. They they take characters and, and they see them as actors and then they put them in different roles. So so this is yeah. I'm basically I'm doing that with a lot of the stuff that I work on. So.
0: That's a really cool concept. Is there are there examples like that in sisters of um of characters? I haven't,
1: that done, of... I haven't done it yet with sisters because yeah. I thought that was more image versus pixie tricks. But it doesn't mean right. that I wouldn't eventually maybe do it. We've talked about maybe doing like a uh, a crossover uh, with the. I think it would work well with Eerie Cuties, and uh, so you know they it may they may show up if they show up in Eerie Cuties. That means they'll be part of the irrecutives universe in a way if they end up showing up there so i can't then put them in in another universe i mean i guess i could but it would be kind of strange to see a lot of double gangers a lot of people that look the same you know so it's like (laughs) i have to be careful with whoever meets who you know so
0: yeah yeah that's fun i like that concept a lot um with the going back to the success of the web comics that you've been running do you have a, a I don't know how much attention you pay to this maybe you have paid attention to it a lot uh as far as like daily visitors or monthly visitors counts like at the you were talking about you know at when menage a trois was still running like how many people were actually coming to the site regularly
1: it's hard to say but i mean i mean menage a trois i know that peaked at a certain point uh, which is which is normal i think with anything you you know you peak and then you end up going down and then you stabilize uh yeah when when we peaked a uh, unique visitor that means that it's an individual not this like because you get repeat visitors right uh, right we had half a million uh, at its peak so, awesome yeah uh, but i know that we did not get keep half a million so maybe we had i don't know maybe like a, a quarter of, uh, like we'd get like a un- unique hits in a day like about a hundred thousand so maybe there was about a hundred thousand readers and uh roughly daily
0: though. That's that's excellent. Yeah.
1: Well, and updates. So like when yeah. I would update it, would get me about a hundred thousand people. Uh around the end it kind of went down a little bit, but uh which was kind of normal. But a lot of people the, you know they, they they discover it, it peaks, and then they, they follow it, they read it, but then they, they'll take a break and then they'll come back like six months later. This, this doesn't right. mean that you've lo- you've lost them as a reader, you've just lost them. It's like someone who's like, I don't know, who likes any kind of comic but they're they're behind you know they haven't read the, the last six issues or something
0: oh so for sure is yeah.
1: sort of the same thing you can still love something but it doesn't mean that you follow it like on a daily basis so you'll go back maybe four months after and you try to catch up and uh, and then a lot of people then eventually uh, transition to the books mm-hmm. so they, they, they like the web comics but then they, they pref- when they started getting the books they preferred the books, so they would just wait for the book so mm-hmm. then i so my readers kind of like kind of spread out in different ways so,
0: uh, yeah no it's cool Internet. well web comics have that unique structure too where it's you know it's, it's a short update right daily so if you do wait then you have the experience of the longer sort of binge read where you can go through like I, I sat you know researching and just getting ready for this and I you know I couldn't stop clicking on you know what is now a decade's worth of menage a trois and I'm like at a certain point I'm like alright I have to go to bed <laughs> I'm just gonna be sitting there <laughs> clicking it um, but yeah it's like it's it is that totally unique experience and I, I do find it fascinating just that the amount of people obviously reading web comics because in the comics sort of cycle of of press and people talking about it so much focus is on the direct market so much focus is on obviously like the big publishers but then you have this whole world this whole sphere of other stories being told with enormous audiences that are um that are extremely accessible that don't get i think nearly as much you know publicity and it's you know yeah,
1: it's it's kind of sad in a way because you know a lot of out of the projects a lot of web comics end up doing like like on kickstarters or now there's also an indie indie some people go to indiegogo or sometimes people go to both yeah Uh, some of some of these people do better than a lot of the the stuff you do you see in the direct market you know and even even if they don't do as good on paper like uh, you have to think that a lot of the numbers that you see in direct market are not like true sales. (laughs) You know, like these are just stores that are ordering stuff. A lot of stuff ends up in, in bins.
0: Yeah. Like
1: For us, like when we're selling something, we're actually selling it. Like there's, there's an actual, there's eyeballs that are actually going to read this stuff or get it at the very least, you know? Yeah. It's it's, the sales are more honest. Uh, It's not make believe or anything so,
0: well, there's like a passion. To, there's like a fandom that goes into it too, because if they're back, like backing someone on Kickstarter is just this vote of, of confidence. It's a vote of fandom. I mean, think in so many yeah, ways, and, you know,
1: and you're really, you know, uh, dealing directly with the, the creator. I, I make myself very accessible. Like people, when they, they talk to me on Kickstarter, Kickstarter, they're directly talking to me. If they're talking about something that's regards to shipping, they're talking to me. Uh, yeah. I'm the one who packaged up their, their package. I'm the one who sent it. I'm the one I, I did everything, you know? So it's like uh, I mean, some people hire people to help them out uh i haven't done that yet like i know people like brian polito Pul- he's got like a whole team you know like uh, mm-hmm. so which is admirable I, I think what he was able to, to create there was uh i'd love to maybe end up doing something like that but uh sure. i i then you lose a little bit of control too uh so because then yeah. you're first, then you also have so many people under you that you, you, you know, that they're expecting a paycheck. They're expecting this and that. So I, I don't want too many people either. So it's like, uh, I want to, I want to be able to control it and don't feel too much pressure on myself as well. So.
0: Right. Right. Well, managing a team has worked too, right? Now it's, now it's another layer of, of management and responding to questions there and all that stuff for sure. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, so what's it, you've have this, you've been said you've been living, uh, you know, Entirely off comics for for over a decade now. Um, what's your what's your proudest moment or what's your proudest achievement in in kind of this catalog you built up?
1: Well, I mean, definitely Menage a Trois. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's basically what allowed me to do everything that I'm doing. Uh, yeah, it, it was the first project that really started to really bring in money uh, to to really say, okay, well, now you 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 can do. Uh, can think about other if you want to do other little projects you you can you know like this allowed allowed me and i still had to update mantoireis and i was enjoying it the whole time that i worked on it and uh but it, it, you know, i had more freedom for sure I, I i was i didn't need to do the day job i didn't need to do the stuff like that so and first so instead of doing a day job i just started other web comics you know and yeah. uh, eventually i was maybe running a little bit too many of them at once because i was like working seven days a week and just, I never stopped, you know? So, mm. so for me, but you know, when you love something, you don't realize that you're actually working all the time, you know? So that you're taking no breaks, you're taking no vacation. you're That's all you're doing. So uh, after a while I had to kind of say, okay, I, I kind of, I should at least take one day off in the week, you know, and stuff like that. So then you, start, <laughs> yeah. you start, you know, rescheduling stuff and see what makes more sense. And, uh, but even though I only do one, one webcomic a week now, like, uh, one running series. I'm still as busy as ever because I fund so much stuff with the Kickstarter that I have to work on that. You know, I usually fund enough stuff that keeps me busy for a whole year. Then I okay, do yeah, Kickstarter. But I may end up splitting it up. But you know, I'll, I'll see. It, it's 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 really hard when you're used to a certain pattern. Like for me, the the yearly thing seems to work for me. Some people can do two, three a year. I thought it work too because when you're doing shit, you, gotta, you know, keep people interested in it. And so that's that's another level of stress that sometimes if it only happens once a year, well you only have like a 30, 35 days of pushing and being extreme, and then you can just take the rest of the year to work on all that stuff, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a lot of marketing that that goes into that. Just getting people excited and aware of what's going yeah. on. Um for and sure. You don't
1: you don't want to be a pest, you know, you don't want to be annoying either. So yeah. you're trying to <laughs> especially now in these days with you know the the covid going on and it's like it's like so people are like oh, are you crazy i lost my job i, I don't want to back your kickstarter you know Sorry. yeah
0: yeah no it's it's right no it's an added challenge so, um so it does you, yeah for sure it bad. does seem like backing projects has has grown in awareness though i think a little bit for some people just like being home and just i i feel like for a lot of folks and i'm projecting maybe just for myself but just like there's a desire to help there's a desire to to be like okay what are the things i can do for for art that i love or for for actually helping out right like i think that's actually surging a little bit um maybe that's just my read
1: i could could see that for sure Uh, you know the the people that were we who were able to help in, in any way possible like even people like i noticed that I had, like, the, my last Kickstarter, I didn't raise as much as before, but I still had almost as many, the same amount of backers, so a lot of people were trying to help regardless. They're they, they, they yeah, they're, they're helping every, even if it's a, a smaller amount to help, they were still trying to help, you know? So, yeah. Uh, I think that's, you know, I, I'll appreciate any help I, I get. I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as everybody else, you know, in regards to the situation we're in, so...
0: Um, For sure, but, right.
1: Uh, I, I really... I have a lot of faithful uh, supporters who've supported me for so many years. Uh, I'm grateful for that. And uh, I always find I get new ones. I mean, some disappear, obviously. You don't keep people forever. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's surprising how, you know, it, it's fun to, to to have this family that you build up uh, and you feel really close to these people, you know? Yeah. I've become friends with many of them, you know? So, it's good.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So what you see, Exorcisters is going to uh, have a a ninth and 10th issue here over the next couple months, and that'll wrap up volume two. And then uh, what else do you have on the horizon? Um, Works that are in the in the process right now or things that are coming down the pipeline that you're excited about?
1: Uh, well, I just funded uh, three books. Uh, well, three. There was three books to, which was the the main goal in my last Kickstarter, which were funded. So I'll have to work on that. Which is uh, there was a one shot um, from for Eerie Cuties, which I'm doing. Which I'm. I, I was glad to get back to that because that project ended in 2005. So okay. it was nice yep. to get back to that. Uh, then I have uh, Z and the, the Troublemakers, which is basically it's sort of like a it's a one shot from the world of Menage a Trois. So mm-hmm. I won't spoil the ending of Menage a Trois, but something happens at the end of Menage a Trois that sends uh, Z on the road uh, with her band. So basically, what we're doing uh, is kind of seeing where she's at with that. So it kind of basically is from where uh, Menage a Trois ended. Uh, this is sort of sort of a little continuation from that. Nice. So, so that's kind of nice. It was 56 page. It'll be kind of like a prestige uh, format uh, comic. Cool. And uh, so I, I, we got that funded. So I'll be working on that, finishing that off. And uh, then uh, I also have um, the collection of Pixie Tricks uh, volume one. So that I only have a little backstory to finish for that. Uh, and then we funded some stretch goals, which are, we sort of started this new world with uh, I don't know if you've seen this uh, Nightgale thing that I did. Uh, is we like I said, we use a lot of the characters and we put them in different worlds. So this yeah. world is sort of like a superhero world. So yeah. we're doing a few. Uh, we're doing a few projects in that. So um, there's one called Incredible, uh, which is a character that first appeared in Nightgale, and uh, I'm not working on that one. But um, that's uh, Fernando Ruiz with um, with uh, Dave uh, writing and uh, David uh, Lumsden who mm-hmm. co-writes with me on an Ménage and Pixie Tricks and Eerie Cuties. Uh, but I'll be doing uh, one, another one in that world, which is called Ultraluminals. So we kind of did our own sort of like Justice League, Avengers type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, so it'll be fun for me to, to try that out. I've never done a whole team of superheroes, you know. So I'll be exploring that, see what I can manage to to do with that. So I think it'll be fun. I mean, obviously, we're going to put our own spin on it. Yeah. It's not going to be super like, uh, you know, like you'd see <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, the gritty teeth and the, you're not going to see that with me for sure. It'll be no. more comedic. There's, there's probably going to be a few sexual jokes and stuff like that, obviously, because we, we can't help ourselves.
0: <laughs> right. But, uh,
1: yeah. So that's, that'll be fun after that. Uh, I, I do want to do, I mean, I'll be doing another Kickstarter, um, uh, next year obviously and then we have another a few little projects in that world uh, that we want to do and there's probably another menage a trois story that we'd like to do uh, with another character see where she's at uh, once that series ended um, two years ago
0: now so, yeah. very cool, very cool, no, that's awesome alright, good deal, so it sounds like a lot <laughs> a lot in the works yeah, um, we'll and continue.
1: Sisters, we, we may get back to Exorcistors. we'll see how the sales go for the second trade and right. uh, we did talk about a uh a crossover with iracuti so that could happen maybe maybe that'll even happen before a third trade of uh it'll again it'll depend on the uh the sales i mean the with the covid when that started that really screwed us over in a way for the uh, the sales of the singles. So that's why we we had to go to uh, straight to digital for that. Yeah, we said we're not gonna go. We're not gonna print the singles. It was just it was putting us too much in the red. Yeah. Uh, so um, we'll we'll go direct to trade, but we'll see how the sales go for that. And then right. From, we'll, we'll decide what we do after that.
0: Okay. Okay. Good deal. Well, I do recommend people check out Exorcisters. It's a great looking book. Um, it's a lot of fun, and of course, all your web comics. Uh, like I said, like I, I started reading Menage tois, preparing for this. I didn't totally know what I was in for. Um, it's a hilarious, like it's, just, it's like it's a romance book, but it's, you know, uh, um, it's very, uh, it's very funny and it's very just like fast paced. Like it's hard, and again, just that structure of like four panels, web comic. Like, it's, it's genuinely hard to stop clicking <laughs> to see what oh. happens next. <laughs> oh,
1: cool. I'm glad, glad yeah. you liked it. Anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, thanks so much, Giselle, uh, for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, this was this was fun, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll check out your stuff going forward.
1: All right. Well, thank you.